we're, we're talking about art, artistic stuff a lot, but really just pursuing whatever you want. And, yeah. you know, you know, it could be another field that is not traditionally considered a successful field. And there's so much fear mongering. I mean, it's just rich in our culture. Fear is moving closer to the truth. If you're terrified of something, you're, you're on the edge. It wasn't easy. I didn't just like all of a sudden be like, oh, it's time to learn a lot about myself and try different things. It was, it was, my back was against yeah. the wall. But it's like anything beautiful. It starts off as something rough and ugly. It starts off as something you, you wouldn't even imagine. I would 100% not be here. I, I would, if I could do it over and over again, I would make sure I went through the suffering and the pain. The name more mindful than you is a contradiction. Mindfulness isn't about competing or being more of something than anyone else. It's about searching through your soul, living from your heart, and making an effort each day to live through the truth of what is really real. The only place we can start from is now. Welcome to the second episode of the More Mindful Than You podcast. Today I'm here with Hunter Burris. Got that pronunciation right? Yeah, you nailed uh, it. You, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me like, is that right? It's like, we're, how dare you not know my name? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so we we met a week ago in class. Um, yeah, so what have you been up to? And and are you a mindful guy? I already know the answer to that, but uh, just <laughs> well, just kind of let say? the listeners in. Yeah. I would say definitely. Definitely. I. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty mindful, deep person, a very philosophical person. At least I've always been interested in having philosophical conversations. And then what's my life like? So I'm a student just like you at the University of Cincinnati, um, in Southern Ohio. I study communications. So like PR, advertising, social media management. I've dabbled all over those. Um, and then I work in filmmaking too. I'm the president of the UC Film Club. I have a film podcast. It's just my whole life. I mean, I'm obsessed with movies. So that's kind of my life. Um, otherwise, like what's been going on with me? I mean, we probably have similar routines. Just trying to stay busy, trying to stay organized, and again, remain mindful um, on the day-to-day basis. Last semester, I kind of took like a break from social media. Yeah. And... Like, I'm still continuing that. And, like, I haven't... I have all of the apps deleted. And... Off your phone? Like off you my phone. Like, I have my accounts. Yeah. Because you yeah. followed me, so you know that. I don't know. It's just, like, like I said earlier, like, you're on that Explore page for an hour. And, and you you don't really see any content that you're, like, you know, this made me happier. Yeah, it depends. I don't know. Like, for me, <clears throat> I've kind of noticed recently that there's, like, a negative kind of zeitgeist on Twitter. Like... I love, I'm a social media fiend. Like I really am. It's like, I have all the apps. I have the apps you don't even need. Like, like, you know what I mean? They invent a new social media app. It's on my phone for some reason. But lately I just think Twitter is an app that's, it just creates discourse that doesn't need to exist. And that's more what it is for me. I know Mm. that some people it's, they lack in productivity. It can cause depression. You're comparing and contrasting yourself to everyone and thing on the pages. The discourse as in like, it's not constructive we have an issue like for me like i'm big in the film community and like every time a movie comes out now there's very absolutist kind of behaviors occurring on twitter yeah where a very loud minority of people are just shouting and complaining or defending and i'm like this is not i just don't like it i'm I'm like because i i i really do like critical analysis and like talking about things passionately and it's just Twitter just become a shouting fight. It's kind of become YouTube comments okay. and it's very hyper, you know, 
It's very exaggerated, I think. So like, like, like Joker is an example. Like the new movie Joker that came out. People are either calling it like the next Citizen fucking Kane, or it is the worst thing they've ever seen in their life. And I'm like, it's neither of those things. Yeah. Like why thumbs up or thumbs down? It's just, I, so it's annoying me. It's annoying me. So I've been thinking about taking, I've been better with breaks, but man, I'm the biggest Snapchat addict. Okay, that's fair. See, but I would I would make a argument for Snapchat because the thing about Snapchat is that it's direct. Okay, yeah. obviously if you're looking at like the stories and stuff, same deal with Instagram. But that's just like another form of like one-on-one -on -one conversation where you're like, I don't know, sending something that like or receiving something that's fun. Yeah, it is like texting because yeah. it's like you're enjoying it and it's not just consumption, you know? It's like you're actually doing something, which is what I think is important. For me, it's interesting, right? Like, I, I feel like it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's just some of the nonsense is kind of good. Like, because I, I do think social media <laughs> has, I, I do think social media <laughs> has a place. Like, I really do. Like, yeah. I, I think sometimes I that's why junk food exists, you know? Like, sometimes, like, that's kind of what social media is, just junk food. Um, and some people, for some people, it's not. It's their business. It's it's how they consume knowledge. I mean, yeah. I, we can talk about YouTube rabbit holes or Reddit threads all day. But... For me on Snapchat, it's just like, oh, I open the phone and that's immediately what I do. I go to Snapchat, I try to film something kind of quirky or funny or odd. Maybe I just miss Vine, I don't know. And I send it to like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> then like everybody will get it. And they're probably very annoyed by it. So that, that, that that's kind of, I've been, I think that might, I might make that a 2020 well, goal. Well, let me ask you if you agree with this. Okay. So my philosophy on social media is that it has a place, but the place isn't where it is right now. So I think that social media's place is, like you said, for businesses to promote themselves, for people to promote themselves, like, or just, you know, sharing whatever you want, really. But where we're going wrong is that mm, these apps are literally designed to make you spend more time on them. So they're getting the explore pages that just don't really enrich people's lives. And obviously, like, that's like Instagram. They took away the likes feature where you could see how many likes somebody got. Now? Yeah, they have done that. Wow. So that you wouldn't be, you know, like that toxic <laughs> comparison. That's so cool. I think I think it has a place, but maybe I, my argument would be it's not as prevalent as it is right now. I don't really, yeah, I don't disagree or, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I, I, I just think that social media can kind of be whatever we want it to be. It's just, unfortunately, yeah. it's just turned into something. Because, I mean, at first it was just a convenience. Yeah. Because I mean, social media is the biggest convenience ever since the wheel Dude, I mean, we, you can talk to anybody anywhere, anytime, and that is fascinating. So I just think we're in the weeds of it right now. I mean, you t we could go all day about the political issues when it comes to Facebook and algorithms and advertisements. Yep. And There's a new documentary on Netflix about that, about really? how, how it might displace like minority groups and stuff like that the too. algorithm. There, there, there's certain, so there, there's some really scary things in terms of persuasion. I mean, like I, I remember Jack Dorsey was on Rogan once, which is another podcast. And he was talking about, or he was confronted with the fact that he's like, my website controls public opinion and public view, whether it's true, relevant or not. It's like, I get to make like my website does that. Yep. That is kind of terrifying to me. Well, that's, that's just the thing that's like, you know, there's a lot of power and responsibility is needed for all of that power and influence. Yeah. And they're not really being handled well, in my opinion. I, I don't know, but I, I think what you're, you said you've been feeling a lot better since getting off social media, like in what kind of way? Yeah, well, to reinstate, like I'm not off social media. I have my accounts and I do look at them from time to time, especially yeah. like Instagram to message. Mm -hmm. But I think really what, I, what I'm feeling better about is that 
it's not part of my routine. And, you know, really my routine is more focused on doing activities I like and that kind of thing, as opposed to, you know, YouTube's another big example for me. Like, definitely it's easy to just watch video after video. And you have to really, I think the, my philosophy would be ask yourself, is this making me happier or is this letting me learn something? And if it's doing neither of those things, I would cut back. Yeah, and you kind of usually you're usually like knee deep in it by the time you start realizing that. At least most people are. I mean, obviously, if you if you have a good if you well, have a good space, I, I usually am like shoulder deep by the time where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and, the, and the clock says like three a.m. You know, so it's like that's better than me. I. I love YouTube. I will never give up YouTube. Uh, I, I, so no, I'm not saying a, I will ever give up YouTube because I won't. And I've learned so much from YouTube. Yeah. But, you know, like, just making sure that it counts, I think. It's just what's your action. I think it's a really cool thing, like, whenever you're doing anything. I, I do that almost every day. It's just like, what's my action right now? Am I, am I trying to, am I building towards a bigger goal? smaller goal. Okay, let's talk do, about that. Am I doing a daily task? Yeah, well, it's just like, it's an acting technique I learned from Robert Downey Jr. of all people. He was talking once about acting. In a YouTube video? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> probably, I learned more than any college education yep, I've ever had. I was going to say that too. I, um, and he was saying like, whenever you're in a scene and you're on your mark, it's like, what's my action right now? Like, what's my character doing? Like, what is the, what's the point of this? Where's he going? And there's different degrees in to that question and it doesn't really have an answer always but I I've been trying to ask myself that every day whenever it comes up in my head whether I'm cooking meals I'm just like what's my action am I trying to get more into cooking is this like something I want to do more like am I being productive am I being quick like when I'm doing yoga when I'm doing any of the number of hobbies I have which is yeah. way too many by the way <laughs> do you ever do you ever find yourself doing that just like thinking a big picture because I, I, I think it's dangerous to think big picture sometimes because you can't be in the present if you're if you're thinking too far ahead. That's you know. that's definitely been like a lesson that I've been learning, you know, the past two mm-hmm. years, I'd say, because I told you that I went to live in Spain and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that was like a pretty recent thing. Um, I went fall of 2018 and I went back this past year, 2019. And, you know, it just makes you like grow up quick kind of and makes you realize what your goals are. Well, um, leaving the country and leaving everything yeah, that you know. Because basically like we, we associate our identity, our identity with what we have around us, you know. So yeah. I am a UC student. I am a daughter. I am an intern for graphic design. And, you know, all of that's true, but it's a bit different from who you are. And I would say who you are goes more into that big picture that we were talking about earlier. What you really want out of life, what makes you happy, or honestly, just really basic things. Like, I like playing the guitar, and that makes me really happy. And, you know, like, that's part of who I am. So, you know, there are different levels you can take that to. For sure. I was going to say that. I was, but going back to really what I'm trying to do as far as big goal stuff is you have to remember what your values are each day. So I think that a lot of college students and a lot of people in general feel really lost because they just don't really have a direction because they're looking for it outside of themselves. And I realized that you need to set the direction inside of yourself. So for example, I have a whiteboard in my room that I use every day and I put on, you know, I put really routine stuff like homework or whatever. But that's not the important part. Mm. Every day I put 
you know, like what I'm really wanting to accomplish, like this podcast, you know, things for me. I think something else that's really important as far as kind of staying guided in that way is just remembering what you're grateful for. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any stories with doing gratitude practice kind of stuff, but for me, it just really helps me put things in per- into perspective. There's a really good book by Dale Carnegie called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. I actually like gifted it to a friend. It was so good. And it's really good if you have anxious tendencies like I definitely have experienced in the past. Me too. And it's kind of my personality, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but yeah, it is. Anyway. Well, yeah. it's easy to... it. And that's why guidance is really important, especially if you have anxiety because, you know, or anxious tendencies, um, because, you know, you have to reel it in somehow. And this this book was just talking about, you know, so many different stories of different people. But one of the most important things that that book said was, you know, you really need to be guided by your own values and say, you know, count your blessings and say, I have 90% of my life, you know, is going perfectly. I'm not going to let the 10% mess it up. Yeah. Plus, what's wrong with the 10%? That's another thing. It's just like, Hmm. you're not, I don't want to live in some artificial, everything's fine life. Because then when it's not fine, it'll hit me like a train coming out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, we talk about Pima again. I, I really love her philosophy of like, let there be room for the, grief the misery but also the joy the pain hey that's like my quote from today i have one of her smaller books yeah my friend that my friend's mom gifted me becky if you're listening to this thank you but (laughs) (laughs) i use it every day yeah and every i like flip to a random page which goes into more of like the hoagie pokey law of attraction stuff which we don't even have to get into right now no get it go ahead but But I have a quote that says, awareness is found in our pleasure and our pain. Because I think it's easy to fall into a trap. It's like, if I'm not having a great day, then this day was wasted. Yeah. And you need to switch that mentality to, I mean, if you want to be able to like be with yourself, you have to switch that mentality from, I'm not always happy and I'm going to be with myself every step of the way. It's an interesting kind of... Yeah, I, I try to avoid using the word mindfulness in the podcast. It's t- titled mindfulness because you know when you're watching a movie and they say the title of the movie, it's always really weird. But it's real. It's good to be mindful about it. The other day, I was I had a killer day. I mean, a killer day. School was rocking. My podcast was rocking. I was feeling great. I ate really well. Yoga. Did I see that? Killed day? it. Yeah, probably. I mean, you probably did. You know, that was why I, I saw you and made the digger. I know. Um, but, <laughs> and when I come home and I'm like, I get this feeling where like. I evaluate the day. I'm someone who loves to evaluate at the end of the day, like how, you know, and I'm like, all right, what's not going great. And like, sometimes I just let myself mm. try to feel some, not negativity. Cause that might be a weird buzzword, but balance, which is the better yep. buzzword because like I, I'm sitting there and I'm stoked and I'm jazzed. And I know when things are good. I know when to reel it in, but I'm like, I need to give them, I need to like every day, even if it's five minutes, just feel it. Whether it's through meditation, whether it's, crying, whatever it is, mm-hmm. read something sad, be honest with yourself. I, it, it's an interesting thing. Like I just went in the bathroom and like, I'm going to kind of just feel my emotions for a few minutes to kind of let myself get really Isn't raw. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Feeling your emotions is like the biggest breakthrough that anyone could ever have. It is sad that that's kind and of the so ceiling. it's so obvious. It's kind of a ceiling. I mean, for a lot of people, that is an epiphany. Just yeah. be, knowing, knowing how you feel, if you're there, you're already like 90% ahead of most people. Yeah. 
but like back, hold on, back well this- have you heard of marcus aurelius no i haven't I okay haven't. No he idea. was like that sounds really <laughs> fancy he was like a no, stoic so basically a, a stoic stoic there's like a school of philosophy and basically mm. the school of philosophy is just saying like you have to you know take whatever comes and he actually did that and he wrote a lot about it and he did the thing that you said that you did where you like evaluate the day and he journaled about it. Yeah. And so you say what you did well that day and what you could improve on. And then you see visually, you know, so much of this stuff is just writing or not even writing, but like making it concrete to yourself what you're doing instead of just kind of barreling through through each day, not yeah. really knowing. Yeah. Most people don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was talking to a friend recently who was just kind of distraught about could have been about anything really because it's a universal application what i'm about to say it's i was like quit being your own judge and jury (laughs) i'm like you don't talk to a therapist you don't read books about this you don't read articles about this i'm like yeah you can talk to your friends but you got to know it's going to be biased advice or even further not honest advice because they don't want to break your heart or tell you what you need to hear and most of the time we don't really know what's going on in our situations until we have the information given back to us we read books about mindfulness or we yeah. read mental health articles or we see a psychologist. The aha moments. Yeah, because like when you're your only – you're just going to become a paradox of emotion. You're going to rattle in your thoughts and try to understand what they mean. Your limited perspective is going to evaluate it and then you're going to come back to point A unless you're trained and practiced in doing that. And most people aren't. We don't, we don't emphasize that. No. There's no college courses in your required classes on how to be mindful, how to take care of your mental health, which is – boggling to kind of cuss on this i was gonna say if it's, yeah. like it's fucking mind-boggling <laughs> because it's like that, that that first and foremost i think that would help so many more people and again i think a lot of it is just having a balance that it's the craziest thing is that like if you learn how to deal with life which is almost 50 50 you can't really get thrown off by it i mean a lot of people look at you look at someone who's brave, right? Or someone who just doesn't seem to ever get thrown up, thrown off by their situations. You're like, man, that person is just so good. They're so it. good at dealing yeah. with, they're, they're, they're fearless. Yeah. Like, no, no, they're not fearless. They're intimate with fear. Yeah. It's so deeply embedded into their lives or in their, their, their mindset of like, this is just a part of it. Hmm. You know, like I, so to go, to quote Pima though, she, this is awesome. And I'm not trying to just quote books. And what, what book is this that you have? Oh, right this is When us. Things Fall Apart by, how do you say your last name? Children. Children. Pima Children. It's a, it's an awesome book. Even if you're not going through it, even if you're not being put through the ringer and like going through difficult times, I think this book is just awesome. And so it says here, things falling apart is a kind of testing and a kind of healing. We think the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem, which is something I always used to think. Truth is things don't ever really get solved. They come together, they fall apart. They come together, they fall apart. You got to leave room for grief, relief, misery, and joy. And that doesn't mean like you got to like try to find reasons to be pissed off <laughs> like and try to find yeah. reasons to be miserable, like watching videos of animals dying and things like of that nature. It's just understanding how your life is going to go. It's not being naive right. about it. And it's not soaking in the fear either. You know, I think yeah. it's I think it's getting familiar, like you said, but I don't think you. it's really just helpful to not overthink things, you know, which is hard to do. It is helpful. That's why I think going to see a therapist or doing what we're doing, talking with friends and peers is important. But I, I think reading books or published articles or talking to a professional is the best way to go about it. That way you're not just kind of because you know, how do you know? How do, how do you know when you're sulking or when you're being mindful? Yeah. 
like for me, like I'm a deep person, I think. <laughs> Some people are probably like, no, you're not. And I, 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 I never know. I'm like, was that productive thinking or was that just me going, going back and forth? You know, and that's a hard, sometimes it's hard to, to know that. Um, I think now I can recognize that, but when you're trying to become a more mindful person, it's definitely not as easy to recognize that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a skill working on yourself is a skill. I, just like anything else. Like I think of it, we, we were talking earlier. Um, she, she was saying, she's like, I just, cause you got back on Instagram to promote the, to promote the show. And you're like, Oh, I gave you a little creep, a little up, you know, up and down on the, on the, on the profile. And she saw that I had like a weight loss journey and it's just like that. I would say it's almost, it's like working on your mental is like working on your physical. Like you got to have goals. You got to have daily reminders. You got to be in it every day. You got to be willing to risk and willing to try new things, put yourself out there. Cause to, to make yourself, you got to break yourself. And I sound like a Disney channel original movie right now, but it's true. <laughs> you know, you, you really have to like break who you are. I mean, you talk about our identities when you were saying, I'm a UC girl and I am a daughter. It's like, yeah, like, but is that your identity? Your identity can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And then once you discover that, the world is yours. And I think there is a certain value in, so your identity can be whatever you want it to be. I totally agree. But there's also a certain value in following who you feel like you are, you know, because I think a lot of it's oh, no, yeah, emotional. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it kind of stems back from childhood, not to sound Freudian or anything, but like... There's so many things that you can relate back what you enjoy doing now to what you enjoyed doing whenever you were three years old. And I think that has a lot of value to just kind of connect with that part of yourself and really cherish it and not, you know, waste your time doing a lot of other things or, you know, for lack of a better word, just kind of like shun those those parts of yourself off. Yeah, I just I just don't want to be sailing through life. So I want to have a charted course. I have a question. Yeah. yeah what's okay, up? so. We were talking about goals. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I'm sick, by the way. So you might, you guys might hear me sniffling and coughing, <laughs> which is really gross, and I'm sure lovely to hear. We have some tea going here. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, she made me some chai tea. Anyway, yeah, goals. So, <laughs> okay. So, do you have any sort of not necessarily goals? Do you have a routine that you like to follow to kind of keep on on that track, not feel lost? Or is there a routine that you want to try that you haven't it totally? Cha- it changes a lot. I, okay. I, I think it should change a lot. I don't want to, I don't think people should be complacent. So for me, I would say it's almost, it's kind of seasonal in terms of how I plan things out. And I'm a student. The blessed thing about being a student is a lot of the structure is kind of given to you. Uh-huh. It's hard to fall off. I mean, it's not, it's easy to fall off, but it's, it's, it, you, you can have, you have a routine to stick with. So like in terms of taking mindfulness out of, out of the equation for a second, my literal day is waking up and like from 9 a.m. to like 5 p.m. I'm present somewhere. Mind and body, like I'm needed physically and I got to be sharp and on it. Um, I don't really have much time to take breaks. And then I go to the gym and I do routine classes that like they have daily schedules. So I do like yoga every day. I do core classes every day. So there's things keeping me going places, which I enjoy and make me better. But in terms of the reflection piece of it, uh, like your whiteboard, I I just have it in my phone basically. Mm. So I'm (laughs) anyone who knows me knows I'm like a notaholic dude. I it's kind of psychotic. Like, I don't know if I should show people. They probably think I'm certifiable. I have a note for every possible thing in my life. So, What's the funniest note you have? I mean, it's not funny, but I I have some obscure notes. Uh, I like favorite shoelace designs. I have like like 30 of them. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's very much who I am. That's why podcasts work for me because I'm like, I always have topics that I've already written down. 
I'm like you. I keep a journal for everything. I, I reflect in my in, in a journal. I, I reflect about my dreams, my life, my job, my everything. But for me, it's different. Like so, I, I love to do lists, like you do, and that kind of gives me routine. And it's it's loose because I have structure in my life right now, being a student. But it's like, all right, this week I need to, I want to get this done. I want to get this done. And that sounds cliche. The hardest part is just doing it. Yeah. Like it really isn't that complicated. Like it sounds so cliche and almost laughable when you think about how to do it. It's like, oh, just start writing it down and do a checklist. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But like, yeah, you will (laughs) just get some humility. Decide to do it. You know, I I think that's, dude, that's the biggest thing is just getting out of your own way. I think most of the time, and some people can't help this due to mental reasons that they might not even, they might not even be aware of, but Usually once you learn how to get out of your own way and chart for something that makes sense. because Everything you're, you're falls golden. into place you, after that. I mean, I, I like how you reminded me, like, yeah, keep your values and your principles and your core as you're kind of changing who you are. So, like, I recently declared a film minor, right? Like, I'm, like, the movie guy on campus. I'm, like, president of the film club. I have a film podcast. I never did this. I, like, I'm, I'm in my senior year and I was always a comm student, which I love and I'm good at, I think. But when I started, when I declared the film minor, all of a sudden I had this feeling that I can't explain, but it felt like a puzzle piece perfectly fitting into the rest of the puzzle. Just feeling of clarity, this feeling of, oh, I'm getting hotter, not colder. Right. I think you guys get it. Forward. I, it, ju- it just felt right. Yeah. Like, like, cause you were saying like, you'll know you're drawn to certain things, whether it's emotional or whether you just know what makes sense for you. You can change who you are as you go through it, but you have things that align with you better. And once I started hanging out with people who were like-minded in this film community and talking about film and working on film, I'm just like, I've never yeah. felt happier. Well, I'll tell you something. So I'm I'm a comm major too. That's how we met. Yeah. But I'm pursuing graphic design right now. And mm. I'm, I told you earlier, I'm thinking about doing an associate's in graphic design, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I think, and I'm a senior too. And... It is never too late to pursue no. what you want. You know, even if you're somebody who's 50 years, 50 years old, 60 years old listening to this, it's not too late because you're still right there and that's all you need. It's getting out of your own way with Smart that person. idea. You know, I think a lot of the times maybe I think that I originally didn't pursue something creative. I've always been you know, into music, it's into scary, art. Though, to it's scary though. It's scary because maybe you think that everyone else is going to be better than you, or maybe it you know goes into the whole thing. It's like I'm not worthy of whatever, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, you'll never know unless you do it, and you probably will have that puzzle piece missing from you unless you do it. So you have to do it, you know. And it, that could be anything. That could be if your passions math and you're doing science you know like it's it's not just a creative thing i i definitely think there's an emphasis i yeah i can't speak for the scientists and mathematicians of the world but i I, in terms of the creative arts i think there is a bit of an a deterrent because not only is it hard and you got to be something that worth people's time to go back like one of my major deterrents when it comes to going into the arts was it just it seemed hard like I didn't want to be a starving artist and it's like, am I worth, I, yep. I, I didn't, doubt, I, I, I didn't, I didn't doubt myself and I'm, I really didn't like, I don't know if I, I'm not saying I'm the best, I'm not like overconfident. It's just, I was like, Hey, I am good at the things I like to do. Yeah. I would enjoy this. It's just, how do you make a mark? How, why would I wait, do this when I could do my comm degree, which has every little 
part of it mapped out. Literally, they give you a map. Like, this is when you'll have your job. Here's the starting salary. Here's what you can do. You can do co-ops. It's like, the thing is, that's where we start talking about getting out of your own way and, ex- and experimenting and risking. It's like, some life is uncomfortable. And usually the biggest payoffs are when you get uncomfortable. I mean, at least in my experience. I mean, now I thrive on it. I thrive on discomfort. Yeah. Whereas communications was a very comfortable degree, an awesome yeah. degree. I mean, right now it's still kind of my A path. See, that's that's my thing too. I like communications, so it, maybe it was a bit easier to hide behind that. Yeah. But you know, like I like it. I genuinely enjoy the classes I'm in. Mm-hmm. But I want to do that and my other thing. You know. Because my other thing is who I am, and same with you. I mean, you're 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 very in touch with your artistic side, and not enough people are that are in this position to realize, like, hey, like. Even if you still go into a business-to-business job, a desk job, whatever it may be, you're still going to have those hobbies. And I mean, that we can go all into work-life blend and how you need to ha- not lose yourself. You don't want to just become the rat race the rest yeah. of your life. But for me, like I was talking to a guy, a gentleman named Mike Gasser the other day. He he worked on a few episodes of a cartoon. Um, he's a director and talking about like what got him into that. Does he did he ever go a different route? He went and studied architecture at UC. And he was four years into his six-year program and then just – he just he just stopped. <laughs> he just stopped. I mean, his parents – I mean, you could have only imagined like the ridicule from his parents. I mean, this dude this – Everyone dude, saying, well, it's just two more years. Why don't you continue? Dude, yeah. four, he invested four years of his life and money in, into something he was actually really damn good at. But he, yeah. at the end of the day, his answer was simply, I, I like this more. He went into animation. And I mean, yeah, he's an Emmy nominated director, Mike, Mike Gasway is, but it wasn't even without the accolades. He said it was just waking up every day and not going to work, but going to just live his best life. And uh, I'm getting, I sound cliche, but he, he talked about, but don't you feel that like inspiration from that? Like, no, for everyone sure. Wants he, that. he taught, and we're in that stage of, our, and again, I don't think age does matter, but like for me, I am, I'm 24 years old and I, I do have the benefit of, like I could do my life over like five times over if I really needed to. And I'm planning things out at a younger age. And it's like he was telling me how he talked to a friend who went and did some whatever, some bullshit job at P&G. And he said he hates it. He, I mean, this dude, he said he was making like a quarter million dollars a year. And he's really high up in the company. And I, I know I sound like I'm being sarcastic. I kind, of, I kind of am. But he's very successful. And he's done really well in his career. But he hates it. And he said – he told Mike verbatim, if I could go back and just go into animation with you, because they, they both had a passion for that, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would do it for 50000 a year when this guy's making like $300,000 yeah. a year. I mean, because – and he said it's just, it's other reasons, not just the money. He's like, just my day-to-day life is very mundane. It's hard to remain passionate about this because you can only be passionate about this kind of field so often, at least in his case. And – I found that so fascinating. It, it was, I, I took it as reassurance because that's kind of how I am. I'm like, maybe I'm not going to go for communications as my A path. Maybe I'm going to reverse that and really double down on my artistic yeah. stuff that I'm involved in. You know, does that make well, sense? Well, you have it going for you. Like, you're a great communicator. Everybody who's listening to this podcast is going to be like, Hey, can he host the show? Because we love listening to Hunter. <laughs> I'm talking very fast. <laughs> My only problem right now is I'm talking extremely fast because I just downed a 
chai, which I, I maybe doesn't and even have LaCroix. caffeine. And I, I'm on Adderall. I'm a college student, so I'm Adderalled up. I'm prescribed, by the way. I'm not self-medicating. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer <laughs> for the whole people being like, what is, is this psycho? But but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's just I, – I love talking to people on both ends because for me it was always that thing of like – I don't want to go pursue well, art. Like, How do you make money doing art? There's so <laughs> much there's so much fear-mongering too. There's so much fear-mongering around pursuing the arts or, you know, we're we're talking about art artistic stuff a lot, but really just pursuing whatever you want. And, yeah. you know, you know, it could be another field that is not traditionally considered a successful field. And there's so much fear-mongering. I mean, it's just rich in our culture. And yeah. it doesn't need to be there because, you know, once you finally get out of your own way, like we were talking er- about earlier, and you start pursuing that, you realize that it's not as hard as you thought that it was. You know, you you get the opportunities that are lining up. Yeah. I have never taken any sort of graphic design course other than, you know, like a $13 one I paid for on Udemy online. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing. <laughs> With I, me. <laughs> I'm laughing because I relate. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, I got hired for two graphic design jobs that pay much better than my past communication internship. So, you know, like really just, just try, just try and like love yourself enough, have enough like self love, self respect and trust that you're able to follow what you really want. And you're going to be with yourself. Like we said about Pema through the ups and downs and just kind of be hopeful that it'll be even better than you could have imagined. I mean, the more you do that, you're uncomfortable with the less regret you have. I mean, you're going to have regret in life. I think it's human nature, but there's a way to kind of recognize Hmm. when you're faced with a moment of, is this something I will think about forever? It's the fork in the road. So, so do you regret majoring in calm? No, not at all. I mean, not at all. And like, something I was referring to is just like, there's been things that I thought were my passions in life that aren't anymore because the reality of them sucks. Like Why? I, broadcast journalism is one of them, um, hmm. which might be surprising because I do podcasting, but that's just because A, I like to talk and B, I like to talk about the things I love. <laughs> um, broadcast journalism was something in high school. I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this. I would love to be a journalist and I would love to be an anchor or a news reporter. And I, I dude, I hated it. I really hated it. I didn't like And now it's kind of with it. your film podcast, it's, it's still there, but it's taken a shape that's more you. Well, that, that's the thing. You have this thing inside yourself and what who, and what you're good at. It's out there. And, and then and the, the corresponding career path, because let's face it, you do need a career path. I'm not calling it passion because you've got to be sustainable in some way. It's, just, it's ideally you want to sustain yourself with something you love. It's out there. It's just you really got to experiment. Like so for me, it's like I thought I love broadcast journalism because I love interviewing and I love talking and I love covering um, topics, but that's not what that was. And it's an awesome field, but I just wasn't into many of the different intricacies of the day, the day to day life. There's always the, uh, the small text at the end of the job description that says, well, this could be something totally different than what you're signing up for, or you think you're signing up for. I mean, I have other instances too. I mean, I, I love advertising, because like, I I have a sales personality, I think I, I like I like talking to people. I like creative writing campaigns, like copywriting. I like I love psychology and studying human nature. Like, why do people buy this? How do we get people interested in a certain product? Just the ins and out of advertising. I don't need to go into it. Watch an episode of Mad Men. I'm not going to teach you. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then the thing is, it's funny, is when I did an internship for an advertising firm, and I did enjoy it, but I realized this isn't what I want to do necessarily. Um, and I would be totally happy doing it. It paid well. I thought I was good at the job. It was structured. Um, it's a secure job. You know, it's recession-proof. It, it had room for growth in terms of promotion, it's things like that. It's not going to go away. Yeah. It was just... For me, it wasn't filling that creative niche, which again, worst case scenario, I do the advertising job, I pick up a hobby, I teach a class, I do whatever it is, I do my podcast. But for me, I'm like, I want to go to work and do this. I thought yeah. I would be able to go in there and, you know, naively you come up with campaigns. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, it, it was actually, I don't, you didn't get to be creative at all. People yeah. would do all the work for you almost in terms of research, and that research isn't really fun. Not that I'm saying life needs to be fun. I sound like a naive person. I'm just saying, like, I, I wanted... No, I don't think you sound I, naive. Because you've, you've prefaced everything with, you have to make it sustainable, and you can make it sustainable. Film, you know, well, yeah. so many companies need videos. They need high-quality videos for marketing purposes, for educational mm -hmm. purposes, with graphic design. It's everywhere. I, I promise that anybody listening to this podcast can look around anywhere that they are oh, and see, see some sort of graphic design. Um, It'd be impossible not to. I, I just, I, I just meant the fact that it's. I, I really did think that I would get to have more of a creative fulfillment in it, and it really is just kind of rudimentary. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong; you still get to make deals, and you still get to hustle, and like get that satisfaction of I'm nailing this campaign. But I just had a different vision for it, and that's. I'm sure you've had instances like that too. Yep. One of the best ways to know what you're meant for is trying everything. Okay, and I was I, gonna get I, into I'm this. Gonna say, I'm too. a serial hobbyist. We talked about that earlier because you were saying you wanted. To, we sat down at a table. She gave me the tea, and you had this. You're like, yeah, my roommate made this. <laughs> made this table, and I'm like, wait, what? What? That's crazy to me. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, I've done weird shit like that too. You know. So okay, let's get into that a little bit more. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. So so essentially. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this question. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about my personal experience because I totally am 100% agreeing with you. Um, so the question for me was, in which ways will trying everything help me find the one thing that I do love or, you know, the two things that I do love? Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. in high school, I started this internship program. So basically, you'd go to class half of the day and then the rest of the half, you do interns, yeah. internships. You do internships. And so I think if you don't know what you like, which a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people have that kind of like, eh, well, it's okay. Like, I don't know. I guess I like calm, but it's not what I want to do. Yeah. So I think that where trying things comes in, you know, first there's that, there's that block of fear that's like, okay, I don't know if they're going to accept me for this graphic design position. Well, you know what? You don't have to worry about that yet because you haven't even applied. Yeah. So you have to do it. Me with this podcast, like, there's definitely a lot of fears and kind of like those, you know, emotions that are underlying that you're not really conscious of yet until you do it. And oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people fall into the pattern of like they need to analyze and like they think they need to get rid of those emotions before they can start. And it's it's totally the opposite. You need to do the thing in order to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, but going back to just trying a lot of things, you know, just just let your heart guide you. You know, like, you know, and in your core, the things that you enjoy. Maybe you don't know a sort of profession that encompasses all of those things. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Knowing yeah. what you like and knowing what the, the job is is very hard. I, I, I have, I dated a girl once who like, 
had a lot of passions and fields of interest, but she's like, but I don't know how to get, how do I make money from this? You yeah. know what I mean? And it was hard in her particular field. It was very what, niche. What kind of stuff well, she, like, she, she like? I mean, she was into like various things. She's like, I like horse riding. I like being around animals, but I don't want to go to vet school. I like, she was in a many different scientific things. She loves studying insects. Just a fascinating person. But it was just like, where in the world do I begin to A, figure out what those jobs are and B, how do I study those? And you know, just you know, trying as hard I, as I mean, can. Yeah, I like what you were saying, like spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks kind of philosophy. But you really hit the nail on the head with you'll know what you don't like and what doesn't work by doing it. And yeah. cause, because like our imagination and vision of how our passions would play out in the real world and the workforce are extremely different. Like usually I'm like – You don't know until you do it. I'm always like, oh, I'm a great public speaker. And then I'll go into a situation where I have to public speak and be like, oh, this is way harder. You know, it's, it's harder than you thought. It's not your bathroom shower. Yeah. You know, which is how most of us analyze how we would be at something in the car ride to work or in the shower. And once you're actually on the ground zero floor, you're like, holy crap, this is reality. I don't know. I mean – what are some of the things that you're like constantly getting involved in? I mean, like, are you involved in a lot of stuff? Are you a hobbyist like I am? I'm totally a hobbyist. Yeah. yeah. I've actually, I've never identified with that word, but maybe I'm going to steal that from you because yeah. that that's totally, you know, I think that's just part of making life fun. Like, Dude, okay, yeah. I have, I have a band, you know, we're, we're starting up recently. We don't have anything recorded really yet. Um, tell, tell me about the band. So, so we're three girls. We're hoping to get one of my other, one of my other buds to play bass. But oh, cool. so it's like an all girl band. Um, and my friend Hannah, she, her dad has this great studio. So, you know, just like using that resource has been really nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, that, that can relate to so many other of my hobbies with graphic design. It's, it's making something, it's expressing emotion through, you know, creative, creative tunnels. And so, you know, guitar, singing, graphic design, this yeah. podcast now, yeah. uh, which is a big, that's a hard thing to do. Start a podcast. It is. It's Take it from daunting. me. It's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, it's like, is anyone even going to listen? Do I care if anyone That's listens? one of those things that, you know, I, I posted about this, like you were talking about earlier. I posted yesterday and I was putting it off. I had already posted the podcast, you know, like a week ago and I was just nervous. Where, where, can, was, where can people listen to this? Spotify. On Spotify, anchored.fm. And we also have a YouTube channel with the audio, but, yeah. um, yeah, if you don't have Spotify, that YouTube is in my in my my links. I mean, I know my, people, obviously people are listening to it now. I just meant even for my own purposes because like sometimes I go back and forth on Spotify and YouTube and and what I prefer to consume my yeah. content. But yeah, you never know like how it's going to go down. There's it's it's like owning a new pet and you think it's like oh I'm going to get a dog. How hard can it be? And then you once you get the dog, you're like, here's all the possible diseases the dog can get, the food it can eat, the food it can eat, where it can go, the breed history. Yeah. Well, it's like, or you know, you love it. No, no, you, you might not. I'm not saying it's discouraging. I'm just <laughs> saying there's usually a door number three that you did not see that opens up once you take on a new endeavor. Well, that reminds me, you know, that Bob Marley quote that's talking about, you know, all of your friends you're going to fight with and the ones that are worth keeping are worth the fights, you know, something like that. Yeah, I totally no, sure. do not. I butchered that. I do not remember what it's actually. No, close enough, man. <laughs> yeah, you you close, all know. Close enough. I mean, I trust, I trust my more mindful than you uh, listeners, but yeah, drop it in the comments, you know, that's, and that's what something, that's something with both hobbies or professions, you know, it's the ones that are instead of, 
40% good and 60% bad. They're 80% good and 20% bad. And, you know, like, yeah. I don't think there's anyone who's ever had a job where they didn't have one thing they didn't like. So. Yeah, sometimes it's just like a everyone, you, you find ways to find things to look forward to. You, 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 just, you always get, like, I had this job I hated once. It was a call center job. You know, you can only imagine how that Ooh. went. Dude, yeah. It was like from 8 to 10 at night. It was really crazy. I just needed the money. And I had a one-hour break every day to do whatever I wanted. So like, I would just watch Netflix and eat food by myself at a table. That sounds sad, but it was actually fantastic. And to give myself that hour a day I looked forward to. So even when I was doing a job I didn't enjoy, just trying to build a resume and it was hard, I still had an hour I dug. Now, obviously, I think – there's a lot of evaluation that needs to go into that scenario. If someone told me that, I'd be like, we need to get that up to like five to six hours in your day of that you, that you love. Maybe more. Yeah. I, I mean, it shouldn't be a fourth of your day, <laughs> you know, but I, it, it's it's weird. Like, I mean, for me, there's a satisfaction in overcoming something. So even if you don't enjoy it, I think doing something like I, like we've, we're college students. We've taken plenty of classes that we probably weren't crazy about. But when the semester ends and finals week wraps, we get you have this unexplainable feeling of satisfaction. Let's go party! Well, that 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 that, <laughs> that, that, that too. Trust me, it's just because like we name we're naming a bunch of things we enjoy. Like you know whether it's our, you know I love yoga and I love photography and you love guitar and getting better at that and you. But like, what about something you kind of have to do and like just the satisfaction of overcoming it and like. That's why I always encourage people to be risky and be experimental about taking on new hobbies. Most of the hobbies that I have now, if you would have told me a year ago, I might I would have A, laughed in your face and B, been like, that doesn't even sound like me yeah. at all. Like yeah. A, I don't want to do it. I don't think I have the time for it. Like I'm a yogi completely. I love cooking my meals. I took a, I took a fucking blacksmith class. <laughs> I took a class <laughs> that teaches you how to weld. Like and I didn't really like it, but it was cool. I made I made like this. And you learned that you didn't like it, and it was one less option that you could check off the list and say, "Okay, here's the other list of things I haven't tried. Let's see which ones I'm really connecting with." What was cool is that I made something and I discovered a lot about myself. Yeah. I just think anytime you give yourself trial and tribulation, which is what life should be all about, you really you will feel calm. You'll feel I don't know what the word is. You'll feel content. Maybe you'll feel satisfied. It just. If you give yourself little doses of gratification every day, at least you can guarantee and count on that. Okay, even so when, even when life's hard, you know. Let me ask you one final big question, and then we'll get into a rapid fire round, and then we'll kind of wrap ooh. things up. Do you feel like okay, life is about trial and tribulation? You had you first, you know, did this. You were at another school, then you came here, then you did calm with like all of the trial and tribulation. Do you feel like everything that happened was for a reason? And if you don't, you know, think that everything's for a reason, do you feel like it helped you be in this position that's eventually going to help you pursue your bigger goals? As in, are you glad that in one way or another, you didn't start doing film? Yeah, I mean, to unpack that question, I don't, I'm not a believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm a believer in like the butterfly effect that it's just life. The universe is pretty indifferent. So I'm like an optimistic nihilist. It's like nothing matters and nothing happens for a reason, but it's up to us to make it matter and give it a reason. And, you know, and because life is full of crazy coincidences and chances and odds. And it's like try to understand them and take advantage of them to your point about what she's referring to is like, I had just a lot of crazy stuff happen in my last couple of years of my life as anyone does really just things falling apart, whether it's a relationship ending school troubles, job troubles, weight troubles, mental health troubles. Uh, yeah. 
of that that's what I would call forging in the fire. Overcoming yeah. something like that. I would 100% not be where I'm at right now. A year ago today, I was 60 pounds heavier, unmotivated in a job I hated. I was not involved in film class. I was deeply depressed. I was stagnant. I was in a toxic relationship. And I just, you know what I mean? Like, and going through a lot of that trial and tribulation, as we're calling it, and which was a lot of growth. It wasn't easy. I didn't just like all of a sudden be like, oh, it's time to learn a lot about myself and try different things. It was, it was, my back was against yeah. the wall. But it's like anything beautiful. It starts off as something rough and ugly. It starts off as something you you wouldn't even imagine. I would 100% not be here. I, I would If I could do it over and over again, I would make sure I went through the suffering and the pain, um, which is a weird thing to say because I'm not a masochist. I'm just somebody who is very – I'm very thankful that that happened to me. Um you know, I mean, I wish it could have been, I wish it could have been easier, but at the same time, like, do I, like, would yeah. I have the insight if I didn't have difficulty getting up in the bed in the morning for a couple months, if I wasn't overweight and having to work my ass off to lose that, if I didn't go through a really painful breakup, whatever it is that people can relate to, you know, death and family with family members, it, 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 you're at your core when you're depressed because you really see life from this very crazy point of view it's like it's a do or die kind of perspective and i i, I don't know I, I i would not i just i'm rambling but my, i would not have it any other way man i mean I, i'm sure you can relate i just i can't imagine if where i would be if i didn't have to go through that you know i mean a lot of it was mindfulness but like having to read about how to get motivated and things like that but it was a chain of events that sparked me becoming a completely different person i would say in 2019 for context well I'm just going to say, like, I, like, me and Hunter just met, like, a week ago. But, yeah. like, I'm really proud of you for that. And, like, I think you're going to inspire a lot of a lot of people um, by uh, sharing that story. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's I, – it, I just – like I said, getting out of your own way and becoming aware of who you are. Yeah. Because, like, for me, it was one of those things where I'm, like – like, I was so terrified of changing and getting better. And, like – but the thing is, like, when you're that's – that's a good thing. Like, fear is just – Fear is moving closer to the truth. If you're terrified of something, you're you're on the edge. Just tip mm. over. You know what I mean? Because like the more scared you are of not doing something, it's like you're almost there. You know it's inevitable. I didn't want to have to go through a tribulation. I'm like, I, I thought I liked my life. I'm like, I like my relationship. I like my job. I like not having to worry about things. I was a very mundane, structured person. It's like I got up. I went to my job at Best Buy. I did okay in school. I didn't give a shit about my grades and I had a girlfriend there who quote unquote, you know, love me. Right. It's like, I have the cookie cutter, perfect life. But like, I didn't at all. And I was unhappy, clearly and unhealthy and all of the, and starting to come to grips with that and having to face it head on and dig my way through that trench. Yeah. Man, dude, I love who I am now because of that. You know, I mean, it sucks that I had to go through something hard, but like, thank God I did. I mean, I'm sure you've had something like that before. Every, everyone has, you're not living life if you haven't suffered. Seriously, you're not because you're just, if you go through life just without anything bumping you off the path, it's like, then that's kind of boring. I don't think, cause I, I find a lot of my satisfaction through the risks and through well, the changes. More than boring too, it's, you can't, you can't get to that place of mm, exaltation without, well you said. know, struggling. Yeah. You can read about it and try to understand. Getting out it, of your own way is a bitch and it hurts and it's hard, but it's, it's so worth hard. it. You, it's really hard. I, I don't. It's kind of hard to put into words because like even that like you go you just got to become the best version of yourself even when you don't want to be. 
like every day, like I just wanted to sit in bed and cry and like hate myself because it was all I felt was self-loathing. And in this specific instance that I'm vaguely referencing, but it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, but like, I'll give myself 10 minutes to cry later. Let's do what I have to do. Yeah. Like what, where do I want to be in a Opposite year? Opposite reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've suffered with that for years. I just, it took me forever to kind of finally just be like, I'm not going to let it get me this time. I've mm. always peaked with depression seasonally. But it's like, how do I, how do I finally start to understand this? So the next time it happens, I do, I do know how to handle it. And so now do you think doing, taking the concrete actions that you're taking, are you feeling less depressed? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. You know what? That's that's an interesting one. It's like because I I find myself being seasonally depressed in spite of my heightened awareness and mindfulness and understanding of Eastern Eastern philosophies. However, it's just like, but there's still like I notice like once the winter months come in, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to get out of bed, and I'd much rather be yeah. comfy and you know just like the the mini symptoms, the little D symptoms I call them, um, compared to the big D symptoms, which is like crying yourself to sleep. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely find myself more okay with it. I'm okay if like if I if I'm super upset about something, I'm cool with it. I'm almost blessed for it. I'm like, thank God I'm feeling this. Like I'm gonna understand why, and I can, I'm gonna analyze it. It's about being productively depressed. That's like something people need to learn how to do. Hmm. Be productively depressed, which might sound like an oxymoron, but like everyone gets depressed, including me. And most of the time, we can't help it. But it's like, can we be productive about it? Can I talk to somebody? Can I try to understand my thoughts and feelings? Can I try to set goals for myself in spite of this depression? Because then you'll you'll start to solve a lot of aspects in your life. And the depression being there won't weigh you down as much. It, it, it really won't. Because if it's the heaviest thing on your ship, it's going to sink. Well, you know, that's that goes into anxiety too. Because yeah. I can't really speak for depression. But with anxiety, that's definitely something that I've all of college and, you know, consciously all of college and then unconsciously a lot of the rest of my life have dealt with. And, you know, you're losing at the moment that you say, I give up. You know, I think a lot of success is, it success isn't always winning every small day, every day. Success is resilience. Success is saying, you know, even if I'm anxious maybe about what people will say about this podcast, I'm going to do it anyway because that's me and and I'm not going to give in. Yeah. And honestly, I'm just going to leave it at that. So yeah. you want to do the rapid fire? Let's do it. This is fun. All I right. love this. What is the, can you explain for me real quick what the rapid fire is? Yes. What is the rapid fire? It sounds terrifying. So, it's like a firing squad. I'm about to be executed. So rapid <laughs> fire yeah. is basically, I'm just going to ask you a question. You have to give knee jerk reaction one sentence. Without and thinking then- about it? Like at all. Like if you said favorite color and I just spe- spurted out like macaroni yellow, even though that's not true. Like that's <laughs> no, what we're no, going no. for. No, no, Think about it okay. to the degree that it's true, but don't overthink. Don't, okay. don't like, I won't, you know. No pondering. No as, pondering. Okay. As they say. Yeah. Mindfulness is not about pond now. I don't know who says no pondering. Anyway, let's go. Let's all see right. how this goes. If I'm doing it wrong, just tell me. <laughs> all right. All right. So what is your favorite color? Blue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now I'm rapid firing my it own questions because I don't have all of them. It is blue. No, okay. And we, and we can always edit this and make it seem rapid fire. But no, it definitely, okay. uh, or you can rather. It, it, no it, pondering. It, no pondering. Yeah, you're right. Does a higher power exist? No. What is the most important thing to do every day? Um, um, think, work on yourself. <laughs> That's a bad, bad answer. Do you believe do you in want... ghosts? No. Do you believe in be- signs? No, I believe, now, can I have an asterisk on my ghost answer? I guess. I believe in, like, 
I believe that we don't understand what's going on there, but I believe in paranormal activity and supernatural activity and like energy. I believe in like certain things we can't explain. We just, we don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah. I I, think that we, we think that we know a lot more than we actually do. But I don't believe the car, like the very westernized view of a ghost of like, oh, I die and now I can't get to heaven. So I'm a ghost, like fucking Patrick Swayze walking around. I was like, no, I don't believe in that, but I believe in their things that don't make sense. What is happiness? Happiness is feeling very good about everything in your life. Is there a perfect (laughs) life? That's really hard. No, there's not a perfect life. Can achieving nothing make a person happy? Yes. Does life, does life require a purpose and a goal? Yes. Okay. Last one. These are good. I want to do these all day. <laughs> these are awesome. Is having a big ego a negative trait or a positive trait? It depends. I would say positive trait. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, that's the end of the episode. Hunter, thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you for this podcast. And <laughs> and where can people find your film podcast? So, so yeah, people can find me on Twitter at Burris underscore resort. Just my last name, B-U-R-R-E-S-S. And I'm starting, um, it's just off the ground floor, a film podcast through the University of Cincinnati. It's really cool. Just some buddies of mine, we're sitting down talking about movies, but we're actually going to have some awesome guests on the show. Like, Somebody, like I said, recently we talked to was Mike Gassaway. He's a director of Jimmy Neutron um, when it was airing on Nickelodeon. So for that... Because he went to UC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for that, YouTube would just be AVHD Podcast. Twitch, AVHD underscore podcast. Again, it's A-V-H-D. Um, and then Twitter, same thing, AVHD Podcast. So that's where you can find the show. There's nothing really there yet, but I'm, I'm on Twitter, always ranting. Sweet. And on Instagram. I'm going to ask you one more thing. Yeah. What is the pondering thought for the week that you want our listeners to be thinking about? How, the, how, the last thought. How, not only how to get out of your own way, but like how do you specifically get in your way? Because a lot of the times we don't know it. That's why it's so hard. We don't, we don't realize we're in our own way and that we're our biggest, worst enemy. So like what are the things you do that are holding you back? And like how do you, you realistically, big important word there, realistically alleviate that? have goals not dreams or maybe a little bit of both so just that's what i would leave listeners with how do you get out of your own way well thank you yeah thank you this is awesome this was fun have a great one that was awesome (laughs)